Good morning. This is Steve Van Cura. Uh, this is going to be a series of probably three lessons on sin, transgression, and iniquity. Uh, these are Bible question and answers, Q&A. Uh, each of these programs is about 30 minutes long. Uh, so this is on sin, transgression, and iniquity. Now I'm going to first start with an opening prayer. Uh, so let's bow our hearts and our heads uh, and ask God to open our eyes and hearts to understand the Scriptures, Father. Thank you, Father. I just thank you. The Bible says where two or more gathered together in your name that you are in the midst of us, Lord, and that the Spirit of truth uh, lives in our hearts, Father. The Bible says my words are spirit and they are life to those that find them, Father. But it's only the Spirit of God that brings them to life. Uh, the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. So, Father, I just ask you to quicken this word, turn it into a rhema-inspired uh, word, that can be sown in our hearts to uh, change the way we think. The Bible says you be transformed by the renewal of your minds, Lord. So just open up this word, Lord, to plant it in us like the living seed that the word is, Lord, to change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, the topic, this topic is sin, transgression, and iniquity. Sin, transgression, and iniquity. Now, those uh, terms are often grouped together like this, but sometimes spoken of individually, but they're found throughout Scripture. Uh, a lot of people don't quite understand the difference, but they are clearly different, all right? So, uh, you and I were born with what we call a sin nature. When Adam and Eve were created in God's likeness, uh, they were perfectly holy, they were perfect, they had a relationship with God. Uh, but remember, in the Garden of Eden, they were given a choice. Uh, it says that there, uh, there were two trees in the garden that specifically were pointed out by God. And he, it was called the tree of uh, life. And then there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God warned Adam and Eve, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because the day that you eat thereof, you will die. Now, remember, the serpent came in. Now, I'm just going to say, first of all, God always, always uh, tests our hearts to find out if we're going to obey him. I don't care who you are, where you are, or what. Uh, even Jesus was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the Bible says that Jesus was tempted uh, through suffering, okay, and through temptation. I'm sorry, he was cleansed. He was purified uh, through testing, all right? And you and I also, as we learn to resist the devil, that this is the means that God uses to uh, make us holy, make us holy. Okay, so let's go back. Now, so Adam and Eve, uh, once they did sin, and then when they beget sons and daughters, the Bible says they beget sons and daughters after their likeness. Uh, their offspring were no longer in God's likeness, all right? So what happened is, is the sin nature that was now in Adam and Eve, uh, remember every, seed, or every tree and every seed bears after its kind. A bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. And uh, obviously when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit of that tree of death, but that uh, fruit had some seeds down inside it, and when they swallowed those seeds, uh, 
they literally became um, trees of death. They, they became trees of death, and they could only produce offspring with that sin nature. All right, so you and I, when we're born, we were born uh, with that sin nature. And uh, once we get past the age of accountability and we know the difference between right and wrong, then temptations come along and we end up committing sins. Now, sin in this definition uh, is disobedience of God's command, but without willful intent. Now, a lot of people think that sin is always willful, but it's not. Uh, the fact is, when you wake up in the morning, you might want to be a good father, a good mother, a good employee, a, a good spouse. You know, you uh, want to do right. Um, yes, you know, if you're born again, you know, you want to do what is correct, serve God, keep His commands. But the problem is that sin nature down inside of you can get triggered sometimes. Maybe somebody... Uh, makes a nasty comment at you and you turn right around and say something nasty to them. Uh, you know, somebody takes your parking place and you get mad at them or whatever. You know, uh, a man might be entrapped with just looking at a beautiful woman and just getting, start to thinking about, boy, she'd be nice to be with or something like that. Or maybe in the office you're having some coffee and you're listening to some, some gossip. Uh, which God doesn't like, you know, and maybe pass that gossip on. And then later on you, you think, oh, my God, why did I do that, you know? Uh, and But when we commit sin, uh, like I said, it's often typically uh, without willful intent, but still we have to confess our sins. Uh, in First John it says, I write these things unto you, my children, so that you do not sin. But if we do sin, we have an advocate, advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So, and it says, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what happens is this is a process where God allows that sin to come popping out, but it's very important for us to keep short accounts with God and immediately confess the sin so that he can cleanse our hearts so that we don't do it again. And, and this is a process uh, over time. It's the way that God cleans us up in a sense, all right? Now, transgression. Transgression is willful disobedience of God's command. That's like if you were having an affair. You'd be lying about where you're at and hiding your, the messages on your cell phone, you know, and, and um, destroying any evidence. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, this is something, it's a calculated uh, decision to disobey God, it, or it may be taking things home from work, uh, maybe stealing, maybe lying, maybe who knows. But this one is done willfully, willfully. And of course, uh, transgressions of every kind are a result from the flesh, uh, which is, uh, of course, uh, that's this, that's where the sin nature is, the flesh. Okay, so now. Uh, iniquity, on the other hand, is something inside you. It's something inside you. Now, transgression, or let's just say all sin, begins with temptation. Begins with temptation. And let's just say there's a demon of lust um, that's uh, tempting a person. 
to, uh, uh, to satisfy those lustful desires in the flesh. All right, and that may, could result in, let's just say, watching pornography, uh, uh, you know, getting too close to somebody at work of the opposite sex. Uh, God, you know, who knows? But uh, people can get caught up and entrapped with that kind of thing. But what happens is, is let's just say that temptation of lust, uh, it's, at first, it's on the outside, and a person can control it. All right, but over time, that as we yield to that demonic um, entity, let's just say of lust, pretty soon it gets inside of you. You know, uh, maybe in your mind, um, and uh, it, you know, if you're born again Christian, a, a demon cannot occupy your spirit, okay? Because the spirit of God is there, the spirit of Christ, but your mind or your body. Uh, you know, can be affected by a demonic entity causing sickness uh, uh, or various bondages and that kind of thing. So now I'm going to illustrate this. The, the, there's a story in Genesis chapter 4, which I think is an excellent illustration of this. We know that Cain and Abel, um, Cain was the firstborn of Adam and Eve. Abel was the secondborn. And uh, the Bible says that it came time for both of those to present offerings to God, all right? Now, typically, an offering to God is to maintain a relationship with God. So, and mankind, you know, sins happen, and uh, we need, on a regular basis, to come to God, maintain that fellowship with Him so that God can cleanse us. And um, so, now, of course, Cain was a tiller of the ground, and, and so... Uh, what he did is he brought vegetables and, and as his offering to God. Abel was a shepherd, and he brought the firstlings of his flock. Now, they had already been taught by Adam and Eve that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. You remember when Adam and Eve sinned, they felt naked and afraid, and they were running and hiding from God because they were now corrupt, and they just could not stand before a holy God. So, uh, but God in his mercy, remember that there's, um, well, I must say justice, mercy, and grace. Uh, God has justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is getting what you deserve, you know, and uh, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is uh, a God's gift of um, a blessing, okay, that is way beyond just his offer of mercy. All right, so this is how it worked. Remember, Adam and Eve again, they were naked and afraid, running from God, corrupted. They couldn't stand before God, and so God killed two innocent animals uh, so that these animals, they paid the price for Adam and Eve's sin. They took the penalty of death, and so the, God shed their blood. And so then he took the skins from uh, these two animals and covered Adam and Eve uh, as representing atonement for their sins so that now they could come back into the presence of God and continue a relationship with God. But obviously the lesson there is without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So Cain and Abel knew this. All right, now God... Uh, what happened is, is God did not accept Cain's offering, 
but he did accept uh, Abel's offering, all right? And so Cain got angry. Boy, he just was really upset that um, God seemed to favor Abel, all right? But God said to Cain, he said, if you do what is right, will you not also be accepted? In other words, you know what's right, okay? But uh, there's an old saying, you can't get blood out of a turnip. So if he brought turnips or vegetables or something like that, there's no blood there. So uh, it's not acceptable to God. But on the other hand, Abel uh, brought the firstlings of his flock as a blood sacrifice. And so uh, back in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the Bible says by faith that Abel presented the firstlings of his flock, a blood sacrifice uh, to God, and that uh, uh, in the process, the Bible says that um, he received forgiveness for his sins, all right? That, um, and he sensed that he was righteous before God, all right? That uh, the blood sacrifice atoned for his sins, all right? Now, um, God warned Cain. He said, if you do what is right, will you not also be accepted? In other words, you know what you're supposed to do, Cain. But Cain decided he was going to do what he wanted, all right, instead of what God wanted. So, but now he's angry. And he, uh, this temptation, this uh, demon on the outside of hatred, of murder, or something like that, started to uh, tempt Cain uh, to settle the score, so to speak, with Abel, all right? And God said this to Cain. He says, he said, if you do not do well, there is sin crouching at your door. You must master it, all right? So in other words, this kind of sounds like something alive on the outside of Cain that uh, is trying to get into Cain. All right, sin is crouching at your door. You must master it. All right, but Cain apparently did not obey God, and and so he kept listening to that demon, and we know ultimately he murdered his brother Abel. All right, and remember the blood of Abel now cried out from the ground, uh, and so God came to Cain and he said, "Now you are under a curse." Okay. Now, I want to point out something that God did not say, I hereby curse you, Cain. No, there are spiritual laws, all right, just like there are physical laws. And the remember, the sin uh, always, always results in a penalty. When we break God's laws, there's always a penalty, a curse, you know, something happens, the we can't sin with impunity and not expect consequences, okay? But now God said this, um, now you're under a curse. Now, uh, Cain said, my punishment is too great for me. because So he experienced something that he knew that he suffered a consequence for that sin. Now, it's very interesting. The word, the, the Hebrew word for punishment is avon, avon, which means twisted or bent. Okay, an equivalent will be wicked, like Wicca furniture. You've seen Wicca furniture, it's all twisted and bent. Uh, a, a witch is called, it's called Wicca. That's the practice of, uh, you know, witches and warlocks, okay? Uh, and uh, so 
The punishment, now what happened with Cain is that that demon that was on the outside, you know, he said, sin is crouching at your door, you must master it. Well, he did not master it. He obeyed that thing and it came inside of him, okay? Now that's what iniquity is, okay? Uh, the temptation now gets inside uh, that demon and and it now affects the personality of the person uh, in that it's that is uh, demonized. All right, so uh, it's interesting that uh, several generations later uh, that uh, Cain's ha had uh, uh, a descendant that murdered two people. Okay, uh, because iniquity, as we're going to learn, gets passed down to the offspring of the kids. It gets passed down to the kids. All right, now. Uh, so, sin, transgression, and iniquity. Sin is disobedience of God's commands without willful intent, but still requires repentance uh, and confession so that God can cleanse that. All right. Transgression is willful disobedience of God's commands. Uh, it typically is a response to some temptation on the outside by a, de a demon. Okay, And just like with Cain, it's crouching at the door, and uh, we must master it. If Otherwise, if we continue to do that, willful disobedience, then pretty soon it's going to master us, all right? And so that's when people get drug addicted, they get addicted to pornography, they get, you know, whatever, um, uh, stealing things, uh, lying, on and on. It gets inside of them, and then the personality of that demon manifests through that person, all right? And then that person basically is controlled by that demonic entity. All right. Now, this can also be due to physical uh, curses uh, causing disease or something like that. That can also be a consequence of willful sin or uh, something that someone has inherited. All right. Because we, uh, one of the things that God says that is that I'm going to. Moses one time asked God, he said, show me your glory. I want to see your glory, okay? And remember, Moses was up on Mount Sinai, and the Bible says that God placed Moses in the cleft of the rock, the cleft of the rock, and, and he said, I'm going to pass before you, pass before you. You can see my hinder parts, but you can't see my face, because if you saw my face, you would die. Uh, okay, so anyway, but so God goes by um, Moses, and this is what he says. This is in Exodus 34. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving sin, transgression, and iniquity, but by no means clearing the guilty but visiting the iniquity of the fathers down onto the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. All right. Now, here's God talking about his glory. This is his glory that he said his glory is that he's merciful and gracious and he's patient. He abounds in goodness and truth and through his mercy that he forgives sin, transgression, and iniquity. But then he says, but by no means clearing the guilty, 
but visiting the iniquity of the fathers down to the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. In other words, uh, if, let's just say this, if somebody that's committed sin or transgression or iniquity, if they confess their sins, then God is faithful and just to forgive sins, all right, and to cleanse from all unrighteousness, which includes to clear out the demon that's causing, you know, uh, controlling a person, okay? But what happens is, is uh, sin hardens a person's heart, okay? Uh, the Bible calls it the deceitfulness of sin, okay? So what happens is if somebody does not confess their sin, all right, the transgression, but continues to hang on them and keep doing this transgression, then um, so they can't get forgiveness if they don't confess it and repent, all right? So now the, God has a choice here. He could just wipe them out, you know, because the penalty for sin is death, okay? But uh, in God's mercy, he lets that iniquity get passed on to the kids in the hope that a future generation will confess that sin. Confet, you know, they're born with this iniquity, this, weakfulness, this weakness for a certain sin, all right? And it will manifest in that person's life, all right? But they may find God's mercy, uh, repent for the sins of their forefather, and uh, be clean, cleansed and cleaned and forgiven. Now, there's a, there's a scripture in um, uh, Lamentations that says, Our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. Okay, in other words, your dad, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, uh, somebody, you know, before you sinned, all right, and they did not repent for it, okay? So God passed that thing on, okay, this stronghold, this demonic stronghold onto the kids. And that's what Lamentation is talking about here. Our fathers sinned and are no more. They're gone. They're dead and gone. They're not even around anymore. But we bear their iniquities, all right? And, and this is extremely common, okay? Uh, and, and so a lot of people are born with weaknesses or tendencies towards certain sins. Um, I mean, let's say alcoholism or something. You know, my, my dad was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and, uh, and uh, his mother before him was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And uh, those things get passed down to the kids and it can keep going. Uh, I, I had three brothers, and uh, so my parents had four sons. Every single one of us had a problem with drugs and alcohol, okay? Uh, thank God we're delivered now, but, I mean, that it, I, mean I was a serious alcoholic for, for years, okay? But this is the nature uh, of how this works. Now, and, and surprisingly, the Bible says that's God's glory, now, I'm going to illustrate that with a story one time about a man born blind in the New Testament. And the disciples understood this principle that the iniquities of the fathers get passed on to the kids. All right? So they asked Jesus this question. Who sinned that this man was born blind? Was it you know, his parents, great-grandparents? I mean, 
you know, they knew blindness is a curse. And a curse without a cause shall not alight, it says in Proverbs. There's always, always, the devil cannot put something like a curse on somebody without a reason, okay? There has to be a legal reason, all right? And, and so the disciples asked Jesus, well, who sinned? Somebody must have sinned that this man has this iniquity or has this curse, and he's blind. He was born that way, born blind, okay? But Jesus said, it's not, the reason this man was born blind is so that the Father could show his mercy and heal the man, okay? In other words, remember we said that the glory of God is he passes this stuff down to the third and fourth generations? But that's, he, he, God looks at it different than we would. We would look at that and say, that's terrible that God would do that. That's awful, okay? That, that's a mean thing for God to do. But see, Jesus was saying, no, he, that's simply an opportunity for God in this next generation to show his grace and his mercy to cleanse people, to draw them to him. He knows that the man was born blind, but it doesn't stop him from healing him, okay? And, and, and this is true for anybody that ha has a physical or mental or whatever iniquity in our lives, a tendency towards certain sins. God sees them as simply an opportunity to show his power, his grace, and his mercy. That we should never, we just, whatever problems we have, Flee to the Father through the Son and, God, and, and ask for God's forgiveness, okay? Uh, repentance is the key to life. Repentance is the key to life, all right? And, and then that gives God an opportunity. He is waiting. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that he could forgive us for each and every possible sin, things that we're born with uh, or that we traps that we fall into, it doesn't matter, you know. But the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to understand there's a penalty for sin and that God offers forgiveness through the blood sacrifice of his son, all right? And that that sacrifice is acceptable. When we choose Jesus, then just like Abel, we receive within ourselves that we are righteous before God. We receive within ourselves that we are righteous before God. And it's by faith that Cain, or I'm sorry, Abel presented his blood sacrifice, but God answered. And see, that's true for us. And that's why when we come on bended knee and ask for God's forgiveness, knowing that he sent his one and only son to die for our sins, that's a substitute, a substitute sacrifice. But that shed blood, if we just receive the Lordship of Christ, confess him as Lord, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then God will forgive us and bring us into a personal relationship with him. All right, well, God bless you. And there, there'll be at least two or three more uh, parts to this group, okay? Sin, transgression, and iniquity. God bless you.